0: Continuing our discussion of Sri Vishnu Sahasranam with name 937 Gabhir Atma, those who know Indian languages know this word Gabhir, it's the, the same meaning as Gabhir, which means deep, profound, and Atma is in this context means the very self, so the, the very being. So the very being, the very nature of the Supreme Lord is to be deep and profound. He's not a lightweight. <laughs> Even to understand an ordinary human being's psychology is not easy. No one can fully understand anyone else. Even the person himself can't understand his own psychology very well, probably less than others. What to speak of the Supreme Lord? His very being is deep and profound. And this is one of those names which, even though it's coming toward the end of Vishnu Sahasranam, it's good to keep in mind when going through the whole of Vishnu, Vishnu Sahasranama, because it pertains to every name of his. every name of his is in relation to his qualities, his characteristics. And all of his qualities and characteristics are deep, profound, unfathomable, that is a characteristic of God. We can't understand everything about him. He's far more deep than we can even begin to understand. And some people who consider themselves rational, but actually it's quite irrational, think that, well, there can't be any such being. He doesn't fit within our rationality. The last name I was... So some people conclude that there can't be such a person or such a being with so deep... Can't be any person who's much better than us. But if at all we are to accept the reality, which we should, of God, and of course anyone who's listening to this series of talks has presumed that they do accept the reality of God, and particularly of Vishnu, Krishna being God, then one of the defining characteristics, maybe, maybe the, the defining characteristic, is that he's achintya. He's inconceivable. We have that name in Vishnu Sahasranama. Achintya. He's beyond the ability to fathom by the frail instrument of our mind. You know this word fathom? What it means, what it's derived from, is that... Nowadays, they probably do it by more sophisticated instruments, but it used to be that there would be, you'd have string with a weight on the end, and if you want to find the depth of water, say in a pond, in any particular place in the pond, you let down the, it's called a fathom, a fathom gauge. You let it down, and when you feel it's hit the bottom, and the string is taut, but not too, not too taut. Just it's neither relaxed. Yeah, it, it's the 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 weight has hit the bottom. You can feel it, and the string is straight. Then you see the point at which it, the string is on the surface, and then you pull it up, you, you measure the distance from the weight to the point at which the, the string was on the surface, and then you can find the depth. So this is a method to find the depth. So by using our intelligence It's actually God-given intelligence. We should remember that. A little uh, practical application. We can measure so many different things. Height, weight, depth, distance, and so on. But Bhagavan... His nature is so deep that we cannot find the limit of it. There's a place, Chakra Tirtha at Naimisharanya, currently in Uttar Pradesh. It's known as Uttar Pradesh. It's part of ancient Bharata. So that Chakra Tirtha is a round, you can get from the idea, chakra a round body of water, the depth of it has not been fathomed. The British, when they heard this, they were skeptical, as they tend to be. The great Western scientific mind does not accept that there can be anything that they cannot measure. Man is the measure of all things, said one of the ancient Greek philosophers whose name I can't remember Parmenides so they tried they, they got their string or whatever it was, it was a chain put a weight on it and went down and down and down and down and down and they couldn't find the bottom they gave up <laughs> what can we with our tiny little minds understand about the supreme personality of Godhead We're so limited in our intelligence. He's beyond the understanding of even Brahma, Shiva and Indra. Brahma, Shiva and Indra and all the great demigods, they are beyond the understanding of we tiny little beings on this little earth. We can't see them. We have to accept their existence by accepting the descriptions of Shastra. We can't see them with our physical eyes but they can't see or understand Krishna. Sometimes they see him, but they can't see him in this, they they can't see him like you can see the sky or you can see the trees, you can't see. Uh, Even if we see Krishna, we can't understand him. Unless our eyes are anointed with the salve of love, then we can see him. Even then to understand him is something else. Brahma can know the things that he created, but even then he can't have full knowledge of everything he created. But Brahma's knowledge and his intelligence is so much greater than ours. Us on this tiny little planet with tiny little intelligence in living very short lives in Kali Yoga. We can't imagine how intelligent and how knowledgeable Brahma is, but he can't understand things that existed before he was created. We think that, well, nothing existed before Brahma, but yes, Vishnu existed. His knowledge, Brahma's knowledge of the one who is the ultimate creator of everything, including Brahma himself, is not within his comprehension. Therefore, Brahma himself says, being bewildered in his ability to try to understand Krishna, he thought he could Understand Krishna, but later he said, "Atapi te deva padam bojat Prasada prosada Nu grahita evahi chanaati Tatvang Bhagavangs mahim no na chana ekopi chiring chiring vichinva." He said that unless one is speaking to Krishna, unless one is favored with a tiny little bit of your mercy, he cannot begin to understand your glories, even if he has very, very long life. Can an infant understand an Einstein? Can he even recognize an Einstein? If if an infant sees... Uh, Physics paper written by Einstein with all symbols on it. I can't understand it, what to speak of an infant. I mean, you may say, well, I'm, I'm, I'm promoting myself as being something I can't understand, as if I'm a very learned person. Well, I'm more learned than the average infant. Can someone, little child, being taught Painfully, slowly, one plus one equals two, two plus two equals four, can you suddenly jump him up to the mathematics class to understand calculus? We have our limits. Those limits can be expanded. We have an ability, we have ability to, we can expand that, but Only up to a certain level. The the world's fastest runner can maybe run 100 meters, and I don't know what it is. I I checked it out at one point. Uh, Let's take it, the four-minute mile. Roger Bannister in the 1950s was the first man to run a mile in less than four minutes, but so many others have done so since then. Can anyone run a mile in 20 seconds? You can bring down, you can make the record, you can chip away at the record so that you knock some seconds or less than seconds off the world record for running a mile or swimming a kilometer or swimming 20 kilometers or whatever but you can't take you can't ever expect that a human's going to swim 20 kilometers in a minute we have our limits so to understand God his knowledge and depth of understanding is far more than ours and we're never going to come to the stage when we can fully understand him. But the great thing is, it's not all about understanding him. It's about loving him. Still, it's important to understand, and therefore the great Acharya Bhishma has included in the Vishnu Sahasranam. And of course, the Vishnu Sahasranam predated Bhishma speaking it. So Vishnu himself, ultimately, is the author of Vishnu Sahasranama, and he thinks it's important for us to understand that he is Gabhiratma. Atma. We should not approach him thinking that, yeah, yeah. yeah, Krishna, two hands, he has a father and mother, and yeah, 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 okay, yeah, he's a little bit more than me. We should understand that he's. Far beyond our understanding. If we understand that, we've understood a lot about Him and about ourselves. We need to understand this. Generally, persons who are dedicated to Vedic knowledge in the impersonal school, yeah, they put much emphasis on Brahma Vidya as found in the Upanishads. Uh, knowledge of Brahman, they put great stress on that. But even persons who have attained Vidya, in the matter of understanding that the Supreme is uh, one, subtle, the basis of everything, this is Brahma, but they don't understand the even the, the impersonalists say they may have Brahmavidya, but they don't even understand that. The ultimate limit of Brahmavidya is to understand Krishna. The nectar of devotion, Srila Prabhupada's rendition of Srila Rupa Goswami's Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, uh, has a section on the Krishna, qualities of Sri Krishna, one of them being that he is grave. So I'll read from that. What does it mean to be grave when we say the qualities of Krishna? He's grave, he's deep, he's profound, he's funny he's merciful, he's terrible to the demons. What do all these words mean? To better understand the qualities of Krishna or of anyone, if we go, it, it's good to analyze what the words mean. So Rupa Goswami and Srila Prabhupada following him analyzes this word grave and gives some examples of how Krishna, is grave. Rupa Goswami says, a person who does not express his mind to everyone or whose mental activity and plan of action are very difficult to understand is called grave. Now, there could be many examples of this, but Rupa Goswami gives the example that after Lord Sri Krishna had been offended by Brahma, Brahma prayed to him to be excused. But in spite of his offering nice prayers to Krishna, Krishna, Brahma could not understand whether Krishna was satisfied or still dissatisfied. In other words, Krishna was so grave that he did not take the prayers of Brahma very seriously. He didn't reveal, he didn't say, yes, yes, okay, it's all right, or no, you're in trouble, I'm not going to forgive you. He just didn't say anything. He just said, okay, now, all right, go. That's all. In this regard, Balade Vidya Bhushan, who is describing the present series of names in Vishnu Sahasranam in terms of this very pastime of Brahma stealing the cowherd boys and calves and the consequences of that. Balade Vidya Bhushan gives the meaning of Gabiratma in relation to this pastime his intention, what, what he was thinking, how he, how he received Brahma's prayers for forgiveness, it was unfathomable. Brahma couldn't understand. That's how Baladeva explains it. Continuing reading from the Nectar of devotion, Rupa Goswami gives another instance of Krishna's gravity and Srila Prabhupada renders it. Another instance of Krishna's gravity is found in connection with his loving affairs with Radharani now we might think that well all this vishnu sahasranama and then him being very deep and unfathomable that's all about vishnu right there nothing to do with krishna especially not with krishna in rindavan with radharani but here we have an instance of krishna's gravity being found in connection with his loving affairs with Radharani. Srila Prabhupada continues, nectar devotion, Krishna was always very silent about his loving affairs with Radharani, so much so that Baladeva, Krishna's elder brother and constant companion, could not understand the transformations of Krishna on account of his gravity. So sometimes Krishna, just thinking about Radha, uh, or from some other stimulus, Udipana, would laugh or look upset. But Baladev wouldn't understand why, because Krishna wouldn't talk to him about his love for Radha, his grave. We have in Bhagavad Gita, Arjuna says to Krishna, Swayam evatmana Veta Tongpur Shotama Bhuta Bhavana Bhutesha Deva Deva Jagatpate Srila Prabhupada's translation. Indeed, you alone know yourself by your own internal potency, O Supreme Person, origin of all, Lord of all beings, God of Gods, Lord of the universe. He's the Supreme Person. He's the origin of everything. He's the lord of all beings. (laughs) He's the god even of the various demigods. He's the lord of the universe. And who are we? The idea is we can't know him. How can we know him? He alone can know himself. And of course, we have other descriptions that even Krishna cannot fully know himself. He's so... Deep. You may say, well, he should know himself because his knowledge is also deep. True, but his greatness is always expanding and his knowledge or comprehension of it is always catching up. This is all inconceivable. Valmiki. Sage Valmiki in Ramayana describes Lord Rama as samudra eva gambhir ye deep as the ocean he's so great that he appears as rama out of his love his love is so deep and the demigods they know but at the same time they tend to think he's like a human even Parashurama wanted to test Lord Rama. His depth is very difficult to comprehend. Like the ocean, there are oceanographers, there are people who make maps of the ocean, there are scientists who study the ocean, but they still They've they've made so many studies, but they still have very very. They themselves recognize they have very limited knowledge of what's going on in in the ocean. Very difficult to comprehend. It's like another whole universe down there. We have some idea of what's going on on this. When we say what's going on on this planet, we think of the the earth above the ocean, but the actually most of the ocean. Most of this planet is covered, so we're told, by our scientists. And the Vedic scriptures also uh, confirm, although the Vedic uh, knowledge system is different, but it's the, the oceans, they cover more space than the land. And it's a whole other environment down there but one great thing about the ocean and we can say is that the ocean is so deep that nothing no one no situation can disturb the ocean the ocean we have rivers here in India in the rainy season the rivers they flood the land they become very huge and powerful and they, they roar their way down to the ocean. But the ocean doesn't become disturbed. The ocean accepts all the great river waters and doesn't expand. The ocean is so great, you can accept any amount of water from the rains and just remains the same. So, in the same way, Sumudra Eva deep as the ocean, unperturbed, we find that's a great characteristic of Lord Rama. Ah, we just discussed that in in the name Jitamanyu, that he gets himself angry as needed for fighting and killing demons, but his nature is calm, very deep, difficult to understand. Sometimes people accuse Lord Rama of being unfair towards Sita, towards Vali, to Shurparanaka. Even to Lakshman, he, he had to banish him ultimately. But to understand Rama... It's explained why he did all these things, but his nature is is very, very deep, very difficult to understand. Deep Gabhir, Gabhir Atma. Satyadeva Varshishta, as he often does, gives interpretations, uh, taking the name differently from previous commentators there wouldn't be that much point I guess if you're a big Sanskrit pundit like Satyadeva Vashishta in giving a new uh, unpacking of Vishnu Sahasranam unless you do it in a way different to others so I'm not trying to do what Satyadeva Varshistha was doing. He was trying to see new perspectives by analyzing the Sanskrit on all the names in Vishnu Sahasranama. I'm not trying to do that. I'm not a Sanskrit scholar. I'm just going through the different explanations and trying to explain them with my limited ability. And enjoying, you can say. Uh, And hopefully others can enjoy these qualities of the Supreme Lord. And it's purificatory and uplifting, and that's what we do. That's what we're all about, being devotees or aspiring devotees of Krishna. We like to discuss about Krishna. So... Satyadeva Vashishta, getting back to what he says, he gives a, a, a different approach altogether. Taking the root gachati gamyate means prapte anena. That he he takes it to mean, he Vishnu is Gapiyaratma because uh, he is the one. Because of whom everything is attained. Or gachanti means prabhnovanti, dhyanti prateyante va sagabhira. He who is the object of attainment, meditation or worship is gabhira. He is, he is the one by whom everything is attained. Whatever we attain is by his mercy. And he is the object of attainment. And also, again, Gachati means he who makes everything move. He makes even the non-moving things move, inasmuch as plants and trees they grow, they die, uh, they rustle in the wind. So in this way, even the non-moving things move, and everything that moves, gachatiti jagat, the very definition of the universe, is that which moves. So everything moves because of him. This is another understanding of the name, gabhiratna. Just, we've just touched a few points of the name gabhiratna. He's so deep and so profound. How deep can we go? We simply offer our obeisances to that Supreme Personality of Godhead and to all the devotees.